Welcome, everyone, to episode 174 of the Mars Attacks podcast. Joining me today from Decibel Geek Podcast is someone who has done more than 174 episodes of this show, Mr. Chris Sinzak. Chris, how are you, sir? I'm good, man. How are you? Not bad. I, I hope you don't complain about my pronunciation of your last name. I think I got Sinzak down right. <laughs> As often as we talk, uh, yeah, you got it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and it's funny because I think I answer most of the calls with uh, Mr. Sinzak almost every time. So, so yeah, yeah. I, I practice it. I know it's one of your pet peeves. Um, if 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 I hear people fuck my last name up, which is only four letters, I can't imagine <laughs> uh, what it's like for you. So you've got two Z's. I've only got one. Uh, it's not growing up with that name it's not a pet peeve anymore it's just like ah, i know you're gonna fuck it up so go ahead (laughs) yeah funny i called up a former employer today to inquire about something and i called up someone specifically and usually when i call up because i know people mess his last name up i usually just to fuck with him i purposely like pronounce his name the worst possible way and usually he catches me are you Victor? Like, yes, I am. <laughs> so he knows where I'm going. Anyway, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk a little Rock and Pod Expo, Rock and Pod Expo 2019, the Green Edition. Um, <laughs> so uh, this is the the third go around. Um, are there any lessons to be learned still three years in, or do you feel like you're the uh, You've got everything down. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I I have no worries at all. Everything is just completely streamlined. No, <laughs> not at all. I feel like I start over every year that I do this thing. <laughs> right. But it was lessons learned. Um, a lot of that stuff I can't say on air, but uh, but yeah, may, I'll make sure you have tables for everyone. That was the first lesson learned. <laughs> first of all, I wasn't even gonna go there. Uh, it's it's funny that you went right into it head first, you know. Yeah. Uh, don't um don't negotiate with musicians that are known con artists. That would be another lesson. Okay. But uh, overall, though, I mean, it's it, there's always it's it's like it's kind of like planning a wedding every single year is what it is because right. there's so many so many different details and moving parts and. Obviously, the earlier you can get certain things done, the better, but also where you have with guests that come in late in the game, there's there's always going to be last minute scrambling to get stuff done because just not everything's going to happen on your timetable. That's one of the biggest it's one of the biggest lessons I've learned. And it's frustrating, you know, because you're waiting on people to get back to you. And there's a lot of putting questions out and waiting for answers and you're not going to get the answer you want as quickly as you want. So you have to kind of learn to prod, but in a polite way until you get what you need. But, um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's overall, it's been a a good experience and, you know, it it stretches me personally every year. I, I try to, I try to outdo what we did the year before. And that's probably not a great idea, but it's just the way I am. And, it's why I don't even. That's why I don't play in a garage band anymore because I couldn't just play in a garage band that jams on Saturdays. If I do one Saturday, then I'm going to come up with a band name and design a logo and start booking shows. And it's just I. I'm just. I'm kind of an. 
I, I'm an overdoer as far as anything that I'm passionate about. So obviously, you know, with Decibel Geek, it started out as just a podcast that Aaron and I do, but now, now I have to book an entire convention based around it. <laughs> right. Yeah, because that wasn't, you know, just doing, you guys are up in the 300s, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, I think 364 or 365 now, yeah. So doing 300-something episodes of a podcast isn't enough. You know, after this, you know, uh, convention, um, you're almost, you're the Gene Simmons of Decibel Geek. Does that make uh, Aaron the Paul Stanley? Hmm. Well, uh, he's 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 probably the one that would be more likely to give you listen before uh, <laughs> before you. So I guess. Well, we he can... uh, he's way more eloquent with people than I am, so he's definitely more the Paul Stanley for that. Um, he is more of the ringleader. He's like more of the more of the front man. So and he's uh, I'm expecting he'll be the MC again at Rock and Pod this year, and he did a completely bang up job last year of doing that so he's you know and let me just say uh, you know when i uh, i'm i'm buried doing this thing every year and it takes months and months to, to put together and i you know i have to give a huge shout out of appreciation to aaron camaro because decibel geek would not continue during these months if it was all up to me to do editing and stuff like that aaron really jumps in and does a ton of editing on the episodes helps keep us on track and, um, yeah, I'm uh, heavily indebted to him. And he's also great as a supporter of the expo, you know, like because there are challenging days with this thing where there's days where I'm just like, I just want to go back to podcasting. I don't want to do a convention. And, right. you know, he kind of helps kind of keep my eye on the ball with like, no, you got to remember the, you know, how, you know, how good everybody, how good a time everybody has, you know, how beneficial it is for a lot of shows and, He's, uh, you know, he's, he's my best friend and he's, uh, he's been a great, a great piece of support through that. And I have to also, of course, give out credit to my wife and daughter who, you know, have to listen to me prattle on about this thing every year for months at a time. And they also, you know, pick up the slack with certain house things and stuff that has to be done while I devote multiple hours to doing this. So it's, I'm giving you a little bit more of a behind the curtain talk than I usually do when I do, uh, expo talk on shows, but yeah, that's, I mean, it's uh there's a lot more to it than just hey this guy's coming and this guy's coming and right. you know snap your fingers and there's an expo there's a there's a ton of work that goes on behind the scenes yeah absolutely and you know the idea here is to talk about the expo a little play some music uh pertaining to some of the people that are showing up there you know there are lo- there are people that i know from having discussions with you that you wanted to have that aren't part of the expo, but not because you didn't try to get them. But then there are things that kind of, is it fair for me to say that the, the person that was announced today kind of fell into your lap? Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, we announced Tony Harnell from TNT today. And, um, I had actually sent, I sent a, I heard he had moved to Nashville a few months ago and I had a couple of people say, Hey, you should try to get him. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Cause he's kind of tailor made for, the demographic that we're serving. And uh, I sent a message to his official website a couple of months ago, but I never heard anything back. So I was kind of like, well, you know, maybe he's just not interested. And um, <clears throat> I guess, you know, some, somebody must've told him about it and uh, about the, the, the event. And he messaged our Facebook page and was like, Hey, I live here in Nashville. What, you know, it'd be kind of cool to be a guest at this. So I was 
of course, I immediately jumped on that. I talked to him on the phone and he couldn't be nicer. And, you know, he's excited to come and, and meet everybody. And, you know, for him, it's it's going to be a good way to network with Nashville people because he's new to new to the city. So I um I'm excited to have him. But, yeah, he, he truly did kind of fall into our lap. Cool. And this is funny. I talked about this a few episodes ago where I actually featured the song that we're going to feature here as well. A lot of people have a certain image of Eddie Trunk, for example, but um, for me as a kid, growing up and listening to him, TNT was a band that he played all the time. And a track like 10,000 Lovers is something that, you know, I first heard listening to Eddie and probably, I mean, I haven't, due to living overseas and everything, and I don't get to check his show out as much as I'd probably want to check it out, Um I would imagine that this song doesn't get played a whole heck of a lot during his regular uh, show. Do you remember, you know, the first time you ever got to listen to TNT or maybe this track? It was this. It was the video for this song. It was on okay. Headbangers Ball. And um, but I had a good, I had a friend and God, this was this was still elementary school, I guess, that uh, that had the cassette tape of this record and used to spin it all the time and we both used to kind of just have our jaws drop at at tony's vocal ability because right. he's he's just a, an, out, an outstanding singer and still can and still can sing all that stuff which is really incredible yeah so w- without without auto-tune or any of that shit because back then you either had the pipes or you didn't you know um you didn't have and um the actual name of the software that most people use is escaping my name right now. It's not Auto-Tune. There's, there's something else that they use that actually masks everything. Um, that's just like the go-to name because it's what people most know about. So when Tony sung this shit, that was him. You know, it wasn't computer-assisted. It was them on reel-to-reel tape, you know, or, or maybe or maybe it was a digital tape. But there were there weren't the same accoutrements or enhancements back then. Yeah. So and I remember um, this was back in the era where when you're a kid and you you know a lot of you know the, the you 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 think everything's from America when you're growing up here and right. to find out they're Norwegian I was just like wow that, that just kind of blew my mind I'm like they're getting played on MTV and they're from Norway it's just crazy yeah yeah absolutely that was uh, like for me. Finding out Scorpions were from Germany, I was like, wait a second, you mean bands come from other countries that aren't the U.S. and Germany? Or the U.S. and the U.K.? It's like, wow, <laughs> mind-blowing. And it's funny because around that time, uh, my brother had come back from vacation from being in Spain. And I had skipped that year from coming to Spain because my parents gave me the ultimatum. You either get a drum set or you go to Spain. Okay, I want a drum set. Um... So it was an easy choice for me. But uh, he came back for, with, like, metal from Spain in Spanish. I was like, what the fuck is this? That was, like, you know, so strange to me at the time because metal was in English, you know? It was just so different. But I, I hear you. I understand exactly what you're saying. Anyway, um, let's get into uh, 10,000 Lovers by TNT featuring... Tony Harnell, who will be at Rockin' Pod uh, 2019.
night that was a little TNT and there's there's a lot of cool guests that are going to be here at uh or that are going to be at Rock and Pod. Wish I could say I was going to be there usually, you know. As usual the the economic situation um you know doesn't doesn't help being, you know, over 2000 dollars in flights and hotel and everything else, you know. Um, yeah. Is is kind of difficult to to swing and and if you've got the family, you know, asking for the last three years to uh, to visit the states finally, you know, <laughs> saying, "Hey, I'm gonna go to Rock and Pod for the weekend. I'll be back in four days." You know, I, I may come back and f- find you know the locks changed on my house. So you just you have to you have to just work real hard on the um, on selling the benefits of making a trip to Nashville to your wife. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Start showing her like tourism stuff and uh, you know, wouldn't you like to go there and I'll just sneak off for a day or two. It's no problem. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'd, 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 again, I'd find, I'd, I'd find the, uh, the hotel room would be empty or something because, um, I I I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine, you know, trying to pull something like that off, but anyway, Well, and I, while, while I'm on the show, um, you know, some people <clears throat> may not know this. I know I've told several of the podcasters, but, um, you know, you contribute in, in a huge way. Well, for one, Victor's the podcaster I talk to more than any other. We talk several times a week on the phone and not just about rock and pod, but about life. And this, <laughs> he's like one of the people that keeps me sane in my life. So thank you for that. <laughs> but, uh, also, um, if you've checked out the Rock and Pod website, you will notice it's taken a quantum leap from what it was last year, and that's due to Victor's skill at doing website building. It, w- it would not look as nearly as cool if it was me doing it. So thank you for that. Well, I, I appreciate those kind words, and I appreciate you having faith in me to uh, to work on it. I mean, I I told you right from the start, and. We've talked about this behind the scenes. You know, I tried doing the um, interviews last year for the expo and maybe didn't get the results that I wanted to with the various podcasters or whatnot for whatever reason. It just didn't it just didn't work out the way that I envisioned. And I, you know, right off the bat, I thought, you know, well, I want to help. Um, And obviously, you know, I I. I have a hard time getting people to interact with me with my shows. Nonetheless, you know, ask, ask for to raise money. So I was like, fuck it. You know, this, I know that I can build a a really good website for this. And, um, and at least if nothing else, give it, you know, a, a much more professional feel. And I, you know, I think not to, you know, uh, toot our, toot our horn here per se, but I think based on like some of the other sites that we looked at, you know, for for sort of guidance or for something to build on, I think that what we were able to pull off looks a lot more professional than a lot of the other uh, expo sites out there that are, that are doing similar things. So, yeah. Um, anyone out there <laughs> wants want me to work on their shit? Just know that you can drop me a line, and I'm more than happy to uh, to work with you. So, uh, there you go. That's my that's my one personal plug for today. <laughs> Um, so, um, because we have talked so much, um, is there, is there anything 
that you feel was kind of bittersweet that didn't take place with this expo that you would have absolutely loved to maybe have a guest on board or, or maybe some type of an event that you wanted to have take place that maybe you weren't able to uh, to make take you know to have take place in the end. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, there, every year there's always big name guests that you you shoot for the stars and you try to get and um yeah i mean there was a few of those but you know it's i'm more than happy with the guest list we wound up getting um but uh but yeah i guess the big fish that we were we were in talks with that we tried to make happen was peter chris we we really tried to go to the mat to get him to come and it it, it's it it's i don't want to go into all the details of why you know it didn't work out but it just it's it was a thing where there was some interest there, but it just it just couldn't quite materialize. It just we were just a little too far apart on things, but well, we got close. But um, there's uh, but you know to to wind up having Michael Sweet, David Ellison, you know Beeler, Ryan from Kicks. I, I and then you know Tony Harnella getting announced today. Uh, it's I'm I'm more than I think that's the best guest. I mean we, I've been happy of every I'm happy with every guest list we've had, but. I think this is one of the this is the best guest list that we've had in the three years, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I definitely think you scaled things up. I mean, it, I don't think it's a, the lineup is anything to sneeze at. You know, I think if people look back at what what took place year one, how that grew incrementally into year two, and just the different obstacles that you had last year. Um, you know, I think the the biggest obstacle, if you really look at it, was the late minute cancellation from Head, and, and it, there was you know nothing you could do about it. There's nothing he could do about it either. I mean, there was a a death in the immediate family, uh, in the immediate band's family, and you know it, what took place made sense. I mean, there was there's really nothing that you can say bad about the guy for for what happened, and you were still able to. You know, it was kind of like a blessing in disguise that Angel and Stars were there, and they kind of became the main focus because of the various circumstances that took place. And people still were ranting and raving about how great it was to see those bands and and to meet them and and everything else. And uh, I honestly think that this is and not to belittle them, not to belittle you know Mark Slaughter or. You know, heavy metal parking lot from the first year, or anyone else that was there. Um, just the names that you mentioned, and even some of the people that you haven't mentioned. I think it's it's a huge leap forward, um, and and it's I think from year one it's been a natural progression with just adding, you know, incrementally bigger guests, uh, people that are you know groundbreaking. Um, in their own right, you know, you can talk about how important Stars and how important Angel was, or, you know, for a lot of people that are in hard rock, um, what a big deal Mark Slaughter or, you know, uh, Gunnar Nelson may have been, you know, um, there's, and I'm leaving people out because there was a lot of people at both, but I think this full compilation, this full con- conglomeration of people, I should say, that are coming this year, I I think really trump everything that you've done before. Yeah, I mean we're real happy with it, and you know it's the <clears throat> one thing that's cool this year is 
for the past two years, our friends in the rock and roll residency are, we're usually on the road with Gene or Ace or whatever. And, um, so every year it's been like, oh man, we'd love to be part of this, but we're on the road. And this is like the, this is finally the first time that they're actually in town for it. And, uh, they're, they're doing the pre-party concert and, which this is something I, I'd envisioned from year one was to have them play one of the concerts and have expo guests hop up on stage and, and perform with them. And we're going to do that this year. So, um, yeah, we're going to have probably Michael Sweet, David Ellison, Tony Harnell, um, Brian from Kicks, you know, several and uh, Jack from Exodus. We're going to have I'm pretty sure several of the expo guests get up the night before and do cover songs with the residency. So that's going to be a pretty unforgettable concert. And that's all going to be on the same premises as the expo, correct? Yeah, it's all in. It's it's called the Cumberland Ballroom. It's a big, giant, domed building that sits right outside of the hotel, and you can walk through the hotel and walk right into it. <clears throat> it's a it's a giant room, and uh, yeah, we're gonna do the residency, the and also a great band called Eight Ball, and another great band called Lipstick Generation opening up that night. And also, um, I talked to my vendor organizer recently, and <clears throat> with the space we have available, it looks like we're also going to have some vinyl vendors that will be selling on Friday night at the concert. So you can cool. see the concert and buy records the night before. So your best bet, if if you're going to be heading down to the expo, I mean, there are rooms available on <laughs> right there, you know, it's because it's all at the Marriott. Um, so probably your best bet, if, if you want to cut loose, do your thing, is to just... Get a room at the hotel, you know, go to the show, go to the, the, the pre-party, um, stay right there on premise and, and be there at the expo the next day, right? Yeah, we have a, <clears throat> and the, the, we have a discounted block of rooms right now. Um, they're only available through the 26th. So, uh, if you're hearing this, you want to get on it fast if you're coming. Um, but yeah, if you go to rockandpod.com, click on the, the, um, venue link. That has a link on there that'll take you straight to the hotel booking page, and it'll book it'll book at a at a big discount for you, and you can just stay on site the whole weekend. And uh, and because like all the pretty much all the podcasters, all the guests, I mean, everyone's gonna stay there. So you you know, even when the expo's not going on, you have a good chance at rubbing elbows with somebody you grew up listening to, or somebody that you listen to every week on podcast. There you go. And hopefully, as you're meandering through the the premises, going from one event to the other, you don't run into any distractions. But we're not going to go into uh, <laughs> into anything else regarding oh. that. Um, I want to get into another song here. Um, let's see, someone who's coming back this year who was there last year was Erie Vaughn. He's from my neck of the woods. He's originally from New Jersey, if I'm not mistaken. And he's been in Nashville for some time. Again, this is a song that I first heard Eddie Trunk play, <laughs> which is uh, off of Danzig 3. Uh, it's Dirty Black Summer. Do you have any uh, anything you want to share about Erie, maybe from last year, or possibly hearing this song for the first time? Oh, well, um Erie, it's funny because I I was a fan back in the day, and and this song I I still when I was playing in a band in high school, and we would fool around with with this song and Mother, of course, everyone had to. Um, but yeah, our singer our singer at the time could do a pretty funny Glenn Danzig impression, so we would always play these two songs. And uh, but I remember this video being on Headbangers Ball pretty regularly, and 
Danzig just had such this creepy vibe about them back in the days. There was there was a kind of an air of mystique about them in those days. But so growing up, you know, seeing Erie in the videos and everything, and he was an intimidating presence back then. Oh yeah. Um, but then meeting him last year and uh, having him at the expo and realizing he is just he is just a regular guy. He there is no giant ego, no diva diva ish tendencies. He he is just. He's the guy that you would have a beer with at a barbecue and just kick back and talk life. And um, he he hasn't. If you haven't heard Baco's interview on Cobras and Fire with him, I would encourage you to check that out. Um, but also uh, Baco moderated. <clears throat> he moderated a panel with uh, with Erie on it, talking about his career. And he just is such a laid back guy. And he you know, he doesn't pull any punches. He, he will share some amazing stories from from his career. And he's going to be I'm so happy to have him back this year. And. Um, he's going to have his own vendor table. You know, he does, he does artwork and he writes books and, and, uh, he had a great time last year and he said he's looking forward to coming back again this year. So yeah, we can't wait to see him again. I'm going to give you my favorite quote that a uh, specific producer on, uh, two kiss albums once said, and, um, you, you just brought up that he was interviewed who, who interviewed him. Baco from Cobras and Fire. Who? That's my Michael oh, James Jackson interview or impersonation. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I was like, I didn't know if I crossed the line there or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, anyway, let's get into a little Dirty Black Summer by Danzig. <laughs> Yeah, my dirty black 
Danzig song that I really started playing the ever living shit out of, so I love it. Uh, anyway, the cool thing about the expo, outside of everything that we've discussed so far, is you know, yeah, you're mentioning or you mentioned that the guests are kind of geared towards one style of music, but that's not really the case this year as much as maybe it has been in the past because. You know, we went from Tony Harnell to, or from TNT to Danzig to something like Kicks, where, you know, the, the the band out of Maryland who is, you know, they've always been, whether you're a fan of theirs or not, they've always had uh, a great fan following, mostly because of how great their live show is. Um, they're part Aerosmith, they're part The Stones, they're part, you know, there's, they've, they've always had something to them, you know, where, where they've had dueling guitars that have completely done different things. And I mean, you've had bands like GNR come out and do it and, you know, probably had more success. But if you really get down to the nitty gritty and listen to what, to what they do as a band collectively, it's it's really cool and really different from a lot of bands that were you know from that era. Yes, you know, Cold Blood and um, Don't Close Your Eyes are probably their two biggest hits and probably their poppiest. But you know they've got a lot of other stuff that they've done over the years that I think kind of goes outside of that pocket of other bands that were you know popular at the same time that they were. Yeah, we and um, probably by the time you have this out, the um, we're gonna we just interviewed Brian from Kicks to do an album's unleashed on the Midnight Dynamite record, and that album and the um, and Cool Kids and the self-titled before it, um, if you only know Kicks from the Blow My Fuse album on, 
Uh, it's worth your time to check out the earlier stuff because they were a much more diverse band than what they became. Um, I do enjoy Blow My Fuse. I like Hot Wire. I think those are great albums. But uh, Midnight Dynamite is a if, if you really listen to the songs there. And as we talked to Brian, we figured out you know Donnie Purnell at the time was the the bassist and the main songwriter, and he was bringing a lot of pop and even Motown elements into some of their songs and. You know, it'll be rocking along for a while, like a like a standard rock song, and then something will just get thrown in out of nowhere that sounds so different than anything else. And um, Blow My Fuse is a great hard rock record, but Midnight Dynamite almost stands on its own because there's nothing that sounds quite like it. And uh, but yeah, I I mean I love I love all their records, but it's uh, they're an interesting band. You know, they you can't really paint them into a corner because there's a lot more going on than you might think. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. Um, the bass player, though, you just mentioned, Donnie Purnell, he disappeared, didn't he? Uh, well, I don't know that he disappeared. Well, I mean, he's not really. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. And I, that's one thing I kind of wish I had talked to Brian about. I mean, there's plenty, plenty of talk about Donnie from that time, but I, we didn't really go into what he's up to now. But yeah, he was. I mean, he kind of he was the band leader for a very long time, and. I know there was some squabbles probably about publishing, I'm guessing, but I don't know. I'm not sure what he's up to these days. Yeah, I don't know if I read whether he kind of disappeared or whether he like kind of moved on and didn't want anything to do with music anymore. I, I don't remember, but it's that that's interesting. Uh, you know, I've I've been a casual fan of the band, so I kind of didn't know the the inner workings or the inner dynamics. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's funny because ever since you, uh, mentioned that he was going to be part of the expo, um, I don't know, I, I was listening to a bunch of songs by them and, um, and, and I, again, a band that Eddie Trunk introduced me to, uh, and the first song that I ever heard from them is the, the title track to Midnight Dynamite. So I said, I said to you uh, in in a message before that I was going to play something else, but since since you kind of inspired me, I'm going to switch this up and we're going to go with the track "Midnight Dynamite" instead. Um, and um, if this comes out, well, it's going to come out around the time that you guys your album's Unleash comes out. Um, definitely check that out because those are always fun episodes to to listen to, provided that the person that you're talking to has a good memory of uh <laughs> of what the subject is um but uh sounds like this is this is going to be pretty cool um the the other time that I had somebody bring up Motown surprisingly mm-hmm. enough was uh Bruce Kulick mm-hmm. who mentioned that he always thought that Unholy was like a Motown song that if you listen to Gene's bass part uh, especially coming out of the uh, chorus of Unholy, <laughs> he always thought he always felt that that was really inspired by by Motown. So, kind of cool when you think about what music was before, where you had people with all these outside influences, and it was brought in and kind of interpreted interpreted, excuse me, <laughs> in a fashion uh, so that it would work within a band. So that's that's really cool to hear what, you know, the stuff that you mentioned before. So uh, anyway, let's check out a little kicks here. Mm-hmm. 
right, that was Kicks with Midnight Dynamite, the title track to the album Midnight Dynamite. Um, again, such a such a cool get uh, for the expo, and again, different to everyone else that I mentioned before. That's going to be appearing, and let's quickly run down. Because we mentioned some of the people that were gonna that are gonna be there, but there's still gonna be a bunch other a bunch of other people that are gonna be appearing at the expo. So real quickly, um, Tom Hazart is gonna be there. He's David Ellison's right hand man, basically. Uh, Kenny Olson, who probably is best known for his work in Kid Rock, he was also there last year. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Corder of Tora Tora, lead singer of the band. Um, the Memphis band Roxy Blue, who you know got on Headbangers Ball as well towards the the tail end of the the show's original run. Um, producer Toby Wright, who's produced how many people? You know, Allison Chains, Megadeth. Uh, he's he's worked with Metallica in the past as well, so he's. All over the don't place. Forget, don't forget Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did. Um, Carnival of Souls. Carnival of Souls. Jesus, but I don't know. I don't know how I for, how I uh, forgot that. Do, am I obligated to say, "Oh my God, Kith"? Um, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> we mentioned Brian Forsyth, uh, Drew, and Jim from the band Wildside are going to be there. Uh, Rick Rule, who was he was part of what year one. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he, yeah, he was one of the first guests we had in year one. Yeah, from Every Mother's Nightmare, and Jack Gibson from Exodus, who's he's originally from Nashville or from the Nashville area, right? Or am I mess, messing that up? I don't know where he's from, but he just moved here probably about a year ago. Oh, okay. So I'm yeah. probably messing that up. He's lo- longtime bass player of uh, Exodus. Um. Now we continue our run of having Exodus bass players. Here. <laughs> yes, and you already made the obligatory table joke, so I won't. You know. Don't get me wrong. We we love Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Was there any uh, you know groundwork uh, made towards Jack to say, listen, this is the kind of table you're getting? No, I'm kidding. Um, anyway, Drew Fortier. Who was there last year as well from Zen from Mars, and um, he's also played in what Bang Tango, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he was. Um, <clears throat> he played. It's funny. He was originally making a documentary about Bang Tango, which did come out about a year or so ago. Well, it came out kind of independently because of you know legal stuff, but um, he was making a documentary about them, and they got stuck for a guitar player. So the way the documentary ends is him becoming the guitar player for Bang Tango. So uh-huh. he was he was with them for I think a year or two, and um, but he's not with them now. He plays with Zen from Mars. He also plays I don't know if you remember this band, Bill Coin Manager. Do you remember a band called Flip? I do not. Uh, it was F L I P P, and the they were from Minnesota, and I bet the singer used to wear like makeup on half of his face, and okay. he had like his hair all. It was. They were from the '90s, and they were basically straight-ahead rock and roll band. So of course they didn't do anything. But um, <laughs> they had some pretty good songs, and um, Drew's also played in that band too. Okay, and actually, Flip is 
part of Ellison's label now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Okay. Cool. Uh, you also have uh, someone who's played in my house almost daily, which is uh, Jeremy from uh, – how do you pronounce his last name? <laughs> uh, Barber. Barber, okay. Uh, so I hear green jello almost every single day in my house. So Really? Yes. Uh, okay. My kids play Three Little Pigs all the time. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know. I think uh, if people, if, if if some people outside of our circles were to hear some of the things that my kids are playing on a daily basis, they might question my parenting styles. But hey, how many other six-year-olds are out there screaming, "I want some milk," <laughs> and it's yeah. not because he wants milk; it's because he's listening to. Anthrax and SOD, but anyway. Um, and last but not least is uh, Stephen Todd Barnett from Pump 5. So this is a, a big laundry list of guests. There, there are three others that we haven't talked about yet who we're going to talk yeah. about now. Uh, and there's a- and there's more to be announced too. <laughs> there's more to be announced. So, yeah. you know, this is almost like a uh, Ron Popeil commercial. Uh, right. But wait, uh, there's yeah. more. <laughs> yeah. The MVP that slices, dices, and Julianne's. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh shit! Yes, slices, dices, and Julianne's. There you go. Uh, I was going to come up with a tire joke, but we'll leave that for another time. Um, okay. <laughs> anyway, um, Striper. Striper is a band that we all know, whether you love them, whether you don't care for them, whether you, um, you know, for whatever reason. Um, well, if you're a fan of hard rock or metal, you know who Striper is. You know Michael Sweet's voice. Um <coughs> Love them or hate them, you know their image, the yellow and black attack. Uh, maybe you remember them when they were the blue and black attack for about an album, um, which uh, which you and I have talked about off air uh, in the past. But um, Michael Sweet, what what kind of a process was it to get him to agree to come to the expo? Um, well, it was pretty easy actually i mean um i knew that he had representation here uh, striker's pr company is based out of here and uh i uh, i just contacted them and and just pitched them on it and we did a conference call and not with michael but with their pr guy and um but he went back to michael about michael just loved the concept you know he thought it sounded like a fun thing to be part of and and anyone who listens to rock podcasting knows he does he does podcasts pretty regularly, so like he's he it's it's really a part of the promotional thing for Striper as it is, and he always seems to have a lot of fun doing podcasts. So I think that kind of helps sell him on the whole thing. It wasn't a hard sell, and at, at it really, all of my guests have they all love the concept of of what we're doing. So it, it's never a hard sell to any of them. Yeah, and that's I know my friends over at Focus on Metal have him on. A lot, <laughs> you know, um, and it's cool that he's one of those people that I think has really understood what podcasting is about. He's he's understood the importance for for a while because I mean, 
let's be honest. Um, you know, airplay isn't there. And, you know, if you're some of these people, sure, they're getting on Trunk show or they're getting on Jericho's show or, or even Jamie Josta's show. Um, but they're on there, what, maybe once every three or four years where, you know, with us, with with shows like ours, um, who cater to kind of the same audience, because, I mean, if if you kind of do a poll of what some of your listeners are, are checking out or people that are listening to this presently, they'll tell you, you know, yeah, I'm checking out all those shows, but I'm also coming here because I also love that it's not the same old, same old. You know, I'm getting a Michael Sweet or I'm getting, you know, some of these guests on a more frequent basis and it's and it's a lot more of a, you know, friendly conversation where it isn't the, the same old, same old of Oh well, you have an album coming out. Oh well, you have a tour. You know, so it's it's not the same. Um, right. So it's it's cool that you know he jumped on board and you know it's really something that yeah you know for for a lot of people and you know it just irks me to hear oh well so and so is back. Well, no, if if you actually listen to this episode of my podcast, you'd know that he was back. You know, like he never went away. So, yeah. and Michael's constantly doing. Even as Striper's off the road, he's doing solo gigs. He's doing solo records. Yeah. He's 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 constantly, but he'll do the rounds on podcasts. But he's what I love about him on interviews, like you said, is he's not in promo mode. I mean, obviously they touch on whatever he's promoting, but he doesn't he doesn't pull the Gene Simmons route where he's he's got his you know his five scripted answers that he's going to give, <laughs> and he's going to always steer it back to whatever he's promoting. He doesn't do that. He'll He'll talk about anything. He's a he's pretty much an open book, and I've every interview I've ever listened to him, I, I learned something new. So he doesn't like talking about having you know the the steak and the ice cream too, or you know the the sizzle and I forget what. Yeah, uh, he, uh, yeah. He's he's the frosting. Osbox is the cake, or something. I don't know. I don't you know whatever. Uh, yeah. hey, pick whatever food reference you like. I'm sure he loves all those things, but he doesn't bring them up. <laughs> Right. Doesn't have to bring them up every interview. Um, right. Cool. So this is a track that, I mean, I haven't heard in a long time. was a song that uh, I remember was always on Dial-MTV back in the day and was on Headbangers Ball, I believe, as well. Um, and it was a song of theirs that I always, I've always enjoyed. The name of the track is free any 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 thoughts on the track anything that uh, sticks out to you about hearing this track or maybe about the track itself well this one um you know th this was the, the headbangers ball era that i would go home and i would i would set my vcr to tape headbangers ball every every saturday and i would watch it of course but i would i would tape it so i could watch those videos the rest of the week and right this was a very prominent video when it came out and you know they had a good they had a good like three, four video run there where they were on a lot. And uh, it was just it, it takes me back to a time when I a, a, a more innocent time when you're a kid, and you're discovering music. And, you know, just the, the, this one of those things where I listen to these older songs and it just takes me back. And it's just mind blowing that, you know, he's doing my event now. It's just it's pretty it's pretty mind blowing. But, uh, yeah, it's Free's a great song. That 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 three that out al that album run they had then was great, but they're also doing awesome material now too. Right. I agree. 
So awesome. Let's check out Free by Striper. there I'm, I'm sure this this isn't like your uh cheesy radio plug well if you're joining us now you know yeah I'm, I'm guessing that whoever's listening to this is listening to it from the start so uh the man joining me is chris sinzak uh mr rock and pot expo himself and we're just touching upon the expo 
again and uh, just going over, you know, tracks by people that are going to be there. And um, if you want to find out about the expo, um, I helped set up the website. But uh, what are some of the social media sites where people can go to to keep up with with expo announcements and flashbacks to other years? Sure. Um, well, Facebook is probably the biggest presence we have. Um, go just look up Nashville Rock and Pod Expo, and uh, I think it's listed as Nashville Rock Space N Space Pod Expo 3, if you want to get the official link to that. Um, there's also a group there called Just Rock and Pod that, that also has the same updates on it, because you got to have a page and a group. And then also we're on Instagram <laughs> under, under Rock and Pod Expo, and uh, on Twitter also under, at Rock and Pod. So cool. All bases covered. Um, yep. So cool. The the next uh, person that we're going to talk about, this is funny because the song that I picked is kind of an atypical song. And, and if you've listened to this podcast enough, you know that I kind of always go off the beaten path when it comes to uh, to, to songs by different groups. And um, this is no different. This song caught my ear from day one when I first heard The Lizard. Um, the name of this track is Chanel, and it's by Saigon Kick. And what always stood out to me about this song is it always reminded me of uh, Night at the Opera era Queen. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of reminded me of like an offshoot of the song 39 uh, with kind of like a, a vaudeville type feel. Or vaudeville, excuse me, not vaudeville. Uh, it sounds like some type of a uh, <laughs> menu item somewhere. Uh, very old food. Uh, very old food. It's right next to Nashville hot chicken, some vaudeville. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I always dug this because of that, because I always felt it was very Queen-influenced. Um, but uh, what was your first like interpretation of or your the first time that you heard Saigon kick and what was like that one thing that sort of grabbed you about them? Well, I mean, my first exposure was most people's first exposure was the ballad was yeah. love is love, love is on the way. Um, that was kind of the, the door opener for me, but, uh, going back and listening to the other stuff, you know, the, the first record, I think it's just a self-titled album. Um, it's a, I mean, there's great stuff on there. They're a really underrated band for their era, and they got typecast with the ballad because, the, other than that ballad, they sound completely different. And right, uh, Jason Beeler, who's going to be one of our guests, is uh, is coming to the expo, and you know he he uh, he went through a lot of transition with that band. You know, they Matt Kramer, the singer, ended up leaving, and then he wound up taking on vocal duty also. And, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to meeting him because I want to talk to him a little bit about that transition, because that must have been a scary thing to do for him, because you're used to just being the guitar player. And then all of a sudden you're you're elevated to the lead singer status that and, you know, they that was when they were having a lot of exposure. So it must have been quite a challenge to to step into that role. And, you know, he did it brilliantly and he's still doing it because he. He tours around and he does acoustic shows everywhere, and they're very well received. I mean, I think he sells out almost all of them. And he's been doing a, a tour with Jeff Scott Soto, where they they kind of go back and forth. And 
if you haven't, if you're not following Jason Beeler on social media, you should because he's one of the most entertaining people I've ever seen on social media. He's just in, incredibly witty, always has good, dry, sar- sarcastic humor, and uh, he's just a, he's a great guy. And uh, to be able to get him to come is awesome. But yeah, Saigon Kick, man, they were they were a hell of a band back in the day. So I know there's a, several fans that are gonna want to show up and meet him and get their old stuff signed. I actually. Went to a rec- my friend's record store, JTB's Groovy Record Room. If you're ever out in Cottontown, Tennessee, just go check it out. He uh, he got a bunch of album flats. You remember the album flats from back yep. in the day? Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them that I'm looking at right now is one for the Lizard. And uh, I'm I can't wait to get Jason to sign it for me when I when I see him. Cool. That is awesome. So, uh, are you familiar with this track that I'm going to be be playing here? Yes, I am. It's a great song, although it brings back painful memories because one of the craziest girlfriends I've ever had was that name. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. There was actually that's that's got to be a a southern thing. I've never heard anyone by the name of Chanel except for Coco Chanel. And I think she was French. So she was from Minnesota and she spelled it differently. But but yeah, her name was Chanel. (laughs) Wow. So maybe maybe uh, one of Baco's neighbors, huh? Well, hopefully not for his sake. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, let's think about uh, cheerier things. Let's uh, let's think about the Saigon Kick song, Chanel. Hand in hand 
right, so uh, we're talking to Chris Sinzak here about Rock and Pod Expo, and we're going to talk about one more guest here before wrapping things up. Uh, this was on again, off again, back and forth. Um, you know, uh, we got him. We don't got him. He's back now. You know, how many people when you when you announced that David Ellison was going to be at Rock and Pod were like, "Are you sure? You know, he's 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 coming for sure this time." A couple, but um, you know, we announced him so early on in the process that. It, you know, we hadn't gotten a ton of traction at that point. So right. the, the majority of people that found out this last time were finding out for the first time. So overall, I mean, I'd say the majority of people, you know, didn't even realize he had been announced earlier. So because there was quite a bit of excitement once we announced him. So and he's he's going to be the busiest guest we have all day because, you know, him and Tom Hazart uh, are but they're both going to moderate a couple of panels on stage because uh, they, they do a thing called the Playback Independent Music Expo in Florida every year. And part of the part of them coming in was they're going to the, that expo is going to sponsor some um, panels that they're moderating, like music business panels and gear panels and stuff like that. And they'll be doing that. Um, also, I'm sure David will David's going to have his own table to do signings for people if they want to get autographs and. Um, and then I recently worked out a deal with a local radio station that's going to come out and do a, uh, a an interview with him also on site. And they're going to help us uh, get some of their listeners out here. So and then uh, something I can't announce just yet, but soon um, that he's going to be involved in that's going to happen after the expo at the same place. But I, if you put two and two together and you follow what David's up to, you'll be able to figure out what I'm talking about. Cool. Um, yeah, I've, I I don't want to toot my own horn here, but I know, I know what's going to take place and it'll be cool. If you're a fan of David Ellison, definitely, you know, keep your, keep your, keep your ears peeled <laughs> and, uh, <That's> exactly. <laughs> uh, because there's going to be some exciting news coming from Rock and Pod Expo with what David is going to be doing. Um, just got to listen to a two-part interview that he did with uh, on Bob Nalbandian's Skull Sessions, um, Shockwave Skull Sessions, excuse me, podcast. If you're a fan of David Ellison's, if you're a fan of Megadeth, check this out. It's him, John Bush of Anthrax, and producer Max Norman talking about music and metal and different stories about Max recording them and recording other artists and it's it's really cool because it's a really laid back conversation where you know David is talking about his relationship with Max and um and you know it's you could definitely tell that there's a relationship there where it's just like a regular conversation between four people there, as opposed to, you know, your, your typical run of the mill questions and whatnot. And it's cool hearing, you know, uh, David ask John Bush questions or hearing him ask Max Norman stuff or, or even hearing him, you know, ask uh, Bob Nelbandian about different things. So it's a pretty cool interview all around. Um, David seems like a really cool guy from, you know, everything that I've heard. I've never had the, the pleasure of interviewing him. He did lend uh, written comments to my classic album series, and um, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, hopefully, one day, you know, at some point, I'll be able to uh, to talk to him. But 
He's done a lot of stuff this year, you know, um, the Altitudes and, and Attitudes album has been pretty cool. I, I've really dug that. He's got a solo album and another book coming out. Plus, they've got the Mega Cruise coming up, and you know they're still writing a, a Megadeth album. So he's yeah, and he's he's got a solo album coming out. He's also got a sequel to the book that he wrote coming out. So he'll he has a lot of stuff to promote at the expo. So I it's it's energy for him to to be part of it this year because he's got a lot to talk about yeah which is awesome um for me the first thing i ever heard him play on was megadeth's peace cells album Uh, i remember Mm -hmm. because and and i may have talked to your co-host about this on the one episode i had him on um i remember alice cooper being part of a wrestlemania and Alice Cooper name-dropping Megadeth and Anthrax during a promo that he was doing with Jake the Snake Roberts. And instantly my neighbor ran out and bought P-Cells by Megadeth and uh, State of Euphoria by Anthrax, because those were the the two latest albums, I believe, at that time by both bands. I could be wrong, but anyway, he picked them up. Um, I did the old, you know, tape-dubbing thing. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, have been a fan ever since. Um, were you privy to Megadeth before P-Cells by any chance? Um, it's kind of hard to remember because um, I didn't get it. I got into Thrash. I think that was the first record I got turned on to by them because Metallica, like a lot of other people, they, they were my gateway into thrash metal. Right. And I'm thinking it's that was around 1980 or 89. So, yeah, I guess Peace Cells probably was the first album that I heard by them. And because I had friends that were giant Metallica fans. And, <clears throat> of course, you know, when you have that, then they're like, well, yeah, but you have to check out Megadeth, too. So um, and I remember the rivalry and everything. But, yeah, I think Peace Cells was the first album I heard by them. Yeah, that's funny, because when I was in high school... I'm sounding kind of John Astronomy-ish here, but um, when I was in high school, um, you were either a Metallica and Slayer fan or a Megadeth and Anthrax fan, and hmm. I was Megadeth Anthrax all the way. So yeah, I, that would would have been me. Although I Slayer is the only band of the Big Four that I I just never could fully become a giant fan of. I, I respect them, and there's obviously certain riffs and things that you know the riff the riff and music for rain and blood raining blood is just incredible but uh but yeah i just as always for me i mean for the longest time and i still think to do that to this day anthrax is probably my favorite of all the of the big four yeah i i but i I love megadeth and, and metallica too yeah yeah same boat for me um i have everything that slayers ever released I respect them. I, I like songs here and there, but I'm nowhere near as big a fan as I am of those other three bands. Right. So, um, with Megadeth, so hard to, to pick just one song, uh, kind of influenced by, you know, the, the interviews that I mentioned before and the first time that, uh, Mark, or, or I'm sorry, Max Norman worked with them was during the he mixed the Rust in Peace album. So right. um 
It's such an odd pairing. Mike Klink, <laughs> who was best known for doing Appetite for Destruction, did um, did Rust in Peace. You know, two landmark albums. If you really think about it, a probably one of the most important hard rock albums of all time, if not, you know, definitely one of the biggest selling hard rock albums of all time with uh, um, Appetite for Destruction. And then one can argue that Rust in Peace is the quintessential thrash album as well. So, and there are plenty of people that will argue that, you know, will, will argue that versus Peace Cells and versus Master of Puppets any day. So, um, just so interesting that Mike Klink was was involved in both, and then you know, new tattoo by Motley Crue. But hey, he's he's not at fault at what materials brought to him. So, yeah, that, that's a forgettable album. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you know you like uh, uh, what was the one song that you always liked off of that? Um, the Punch in the Teeth by Love, the one that you always bring up. That one's okay. Yeah, no, I don't know. There, there, there's another one off of there that we've had conversations about in the past. Anyway, we're getting off track here. I actually got to see Megadeth open up for Motley Crue, by the way, on that tour. <laughs> so, so there you go. Uh, anyway, so uh, for some reason, I've had this song in my head the last few days, and it's um, Take No Prisoners off of Rust in Peace. So let's check that out. <laughs> Your conscious past By wish on his 
there's a little Megadeth there. We're wrapping this episode up with Mr. Chris Sinzak from Decibel Geek Podcast. If you've never listened to Decibel Geek before, been living under a rock, maybe checking out. God forbid you're maybe checking out my podcast for the first time, you know. Podcasters who think that, you know, <laughs> everyone everyone in the universe knows their shows. No. <laughs> I know that's not the case. Um, so check out Decibel Geek if you don't know. If you're here because you're a Decibel Geek fan and you know you want to listen to uh, Chris uh, Chris's warm, vivacious voice outside of the Decibel Geek environment, I welcome you to check out some previous episodes of the podcast of my podcast, I should say. So, uh, Chris, I. Is there anything that you want to add before we wrap the episode up? Ah, uh, well, just thanks for having me on, and and uh, if you're yeah, if you came followed me over here to Mars Attacks, you haven't heard it before. Victor does a great show. This was one of the shows that I listened to before I started doing my show, and uh, I've always enjoyed it. And yeah, subscribe to this show because it's good. And uh, also, like uh, the John Bush interview you did, one of the best things you've done, I, and that was uh, that was a great interview. But. Uh, for Rockin' Pod, you know, just if you can make it to Nashville, Saturday, August 10th, there's a pre-party Friday, August 9th with the Rock and Roll Residency. Uh, discounted rooms still available at the hotel. Get in, just come in and uh, and have a good time because, you know, the guest list has gotten pretty impressive and it's going to be over 20 music podcasts from all over the country coming in. And it's just going to be a vinyl vendors, memorabilia, going to have a uh, stage plate and worn gear on display. There's a lot to it. It's a, my attempt at kind of creating the Comic-Con of rock and roll. So I, I hope you guys can join us. Go to rockandpod.com. Click on ticketing to buy your tickets. Click on venue to book your hotel room. Awesome. Uh, if I give you a choice of a track to play to end the episode, what song would you go with? Oh, wow. You put me on the spot now. That's it. Um, I, could, I could put you on the spot with worse questions, but I think I'm letting you off easy with this one. <laughs> let's go with a let's go with a newer striper song how about uh how about striper with the song yahweh all right cool there we go let's wrap this up with some striper and thanks uh thanks for listening to this episode see you next time right here on mars dex see you Yo!
you for listening to the Mars Attacks podcast. This concludes our show.